G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are continuing our positional tiers and rankings. We're talking small forwards. Let's go! Jordan, open! Chicago with the lead! Bryant, to shot! Not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life! Everything's gone to G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at BallBoysNBA and on Instagram at BallBoysFantasyBasketball. Today we are continuing part three of our five-part series talking positional tiers and rankings. If you haven't already, go back and check out our point guards and our shooting guard tier uh, podcasts and videos. Um, If you want a full rankings list, for everything combined, where I would draft every single player, um, their punt ranks, uh, my thoughts on every single player. So you can take along to your draft. You can grab our draft guide at ballboysmba.com. Um, it's just $10 covers you for the whole season. Um, you'll also get access to exclusive articles and Q&A podcasts that we will be starting very soon um, and into the season as well. So once the season gets started, you'll still have some extra content to enjoy. So check that one out again, ballboysmba.com. Thank you so much for everyone else who's already subscribed to that. Um, really appreciate the support. I've been getting a lot of great feedback from that. Um, people saying that it's really good value, and, and that's what I tried to do. I wanted to make it something that's really quite affordable, um, something that is just kind of a one-stop shop. That's all you kind of need. If you're new to fantasy basketball, it should get you in the right spot. Um, if you do have any questions, again, go over to that exclusive Q&A tab on the Ball Boys NBA website. Um, there's an email there that you can drop your questions um, and then we'll go through them on the podcast that we'll be answering. I'll try to get to every single question that subscribers um, drop on there as well. So, um Make sure you ask them on there, and I will 100% get to it. Um, let's go on to talking about our small forwards. So again, positions are sometimes a little bit over the, all over the place. If they're not on here, they're either in the power forwards or the shooting guards or whatever the case may be. So um, if, you, if you're a bit confused about where some guy is, check one of the other podcasts out, and chances are he'll be somewhere else. So shooting, uh, sorry, small forwards. Uh, this to start off these tiers. There's a lot of single guys in, in like a tier on their own. It's very spaced out with the small forwards early in the draft. Um, and probably of all the positions, it's probably the lightest position, I, I think. I mean, the small forward, shooting guard, wing, power forward, it's all kind of blending together these days anyway, but at least the way that we're breaking up today, they're, they're, they're probably the thinnest of the tiers um, that we'll do uh, in this series. So tier one, one player on his own. Jason Tatum. I haven't spoken much about Jason Tatum. He's kind of just doing his thing. Uh, I really like him. I think he's going to be a really good, solid mid-first round player. Um, one thing I'm very encouraged about by Jason Tatum was what he did in the second half of last year. We all obviously know famously that the, the Celtics had a great second half of the year where they went um, on, a, on a big tear. They were, what were they, 24 and 23 the first half of the season, and then they they... they took it up a notch, and a huge part of that was the play of Jason Tatum, because uh, he was the 14th ranked player on the season, 
But in the second half of the year, he was the seventh-ranked player. Um, big thing that changed for him was his field goal percentage went from um, below 45% in the first half to up to 49% in the second half of the season. And I think that I'm I'm very much expecting that to continue. Something clicked with him. Um, he's a young, up-and-coming superstar, still only 24 years old, um, we all have the joke, he's only 21, but yeah, he is still really young. Excellent threes, excellent, uh, good rebounds, great assists from a powerful eligible player. He gets you close to an assi- a steal per game. Half a block is whatever. Um, and now percentages are looking both very strong. So I really like him. He's nice and safe. I think he's healthy. I, I could see him. I would personally be taking him ahead of like a James Harden and a Steph Curry just because I'm a bit... I feel a bit more comfortable with his availability. He's younger than those guys. Um, and I feel really confident just punting the blocks with Jason Tatum and, and getting a, a nice guard on the second round. It allows me to take someone like a Kawhi or a Paul George uh, in the second round. And, and those guys have a bit more upside because I feel really safe with Jason Tatum. So love him in the middle of the first round. So he's in tier one. Tier two is the aforementioned Paul George. Um, on his own again. Again, I think there's there's a little bit of people being scared about him and his injury, but his injury was a really weird one. He he did even come back at the end of last season and play a few games, had high minutes in a few of those games to get them into the playing tournament. So I'm not as worried about Paul George as I am with Kawhi Leonard. Now, Kawhi obviously is a better fantasy player, but Paul George can be someone who approaches close to a first-round kind of round guy, at least a high second-round player. Um, I've got him sort of in the mid-second round just because of those injury concerns. Um, I would take someone like uh, an Anthony Davis slightly ahead of him because he's got just a higher ceiling, higher upside. But I feel more confident with Paul George's availability than an Anthony Davis and a Kawhi Leonard. So there's that kind of run in the middle of the second round where you've got guys that could be first-round talents, but there's question marks on their availability. And then there's the guys, I, I kind of put them at the back end of the second round where like a Devin Booker we spoke about on the Shooting Guard show, he's not really, he doesn't really have that upside. So I, I want to take these guys first um, and just kind of hope for the best, assuming that my first pick was someone that I feel confident and I can rely on. I think in the first mock draft I did, I took Kevin Durant and then I passed on a Paul George and took a Booker. That's the kind of reason I would do that. But if it was a Tatum that I had, I would then go a Paul George. So that's my reasoning and my rationale with taking those guys at, at different spots compared to some of these rankings, um, just depending on what I do in the first couple of rounds. But elite steals, great threes, good points, good assists. Um, the field goal percentage is, is pretty bad, so you'd probably want to be punting that category. But in that kind of punt, he can be a top 10, top 12 guys. So, uh, yeah, really do like me some Paul George, and I'm not too worried about his injuries too much. Uh, maybe a little bit, he might get rested here and there, but I, I think I'm more confident than him for him than Kawhi. So, he's alone in Tier 2. Definitely a second-round guy. Tier number 3, I've got Jimmy Butler. Now, he is someone in both of the mocks that I've done so far on the on the YouTube channel, and and um, on the Yahoo rankings, he's at 28. He fell to me at 28 in um, in the mock yesterday that that we did, um, or maybe not yesterday by the time this, this podcast comes out, but the mock I did with Josh Lloyd, 
he definitely is someone that seems to be falling on boards because of his injury history, his age. He was a he was the thirteenth ranked player last year in a per game basis. Um, now he did only play fifty seven games, and he hasn't played more than sixty games or sixty five games. I think only once in the last several seasons. So it is an issue. It is someone that I I do struggle to believe in and, and be comfortable with. So again, like Paul George, I'd want my first pick to be pretty pretty solid, and I, I do worry about him more than a Paul George. Um, but Miami, they're, they're, their team, the depth doesn't look very good on Miami at the moment, and I think they're going to need Jimmy to play a lot of games. The East is very, very competitive, so they're going to need Jimmy to play a lot to get themselves up into the standings and, and, and get the good seed that they need, um, especially in a punt threes build. He's excellent. Um, elite percentages. His free throw percentage is one of the best in the league. Um, excellent steals, excellent assists, good points. Uh, field goal percentage is nice too. So he's a really good player. It's just the availability. And I think um, there's a little bit of regression candidate at 33 years old, but I still think Jimmy will be basically Jimmy. He'll be a top 15, top 20 guy per game. Um, it's just about, yeah, how, how much do you trust his body? So he's he's a guy that I take sort of around the end of the second, start of the third round. Um, but you might even be able to snag him you know, deeper into the third round. And I think that, that that's a good um, bit of value there if you can do that. And I have seen that happen in a couple of mocks so far. So um, the next guy, in, again, another person, one tier, tier four, one player in this tier again. I've got DeMar DeRozan. Uh, he's someone who's a bit harder to read so far. On Yahoo's rankings, he's overvalued at pick 22. So they've got him ahead of Jimmy Butler by six rankings. And I, I think that's a bit... I wouldn't be going that far. But again, I, I got him in a, a a mock draft. I think it was like pick 43 or something like that. Uh, that was before the rankings adjustment or maybe just as soon as they adjusted the rankings. So we'll see where it settles around. I think 22 is too high, but I'd be very happy to take him in sort of the the, the late 30s kind of range once the, the fourth round starts. I think, yes, he was the, what was he? The 24th ranked player last year. I think he's probably... That's his absolute ceiling. I think he kind of takes a step back a little bit from there. Just a little bit older, 33 years old. I think Levine takes a bit more of the usage. He scales it back a little bit. But I don't think it's going to be a huge drop-off. Um, he should still get you like maybe 25 a night on great percentages. Yes, the threes, steals, and blocks aren't there, which is the concern. But great assists, great percentages in both categories. He's one of the few guys that is an elite assist uh, at least beneficiary to both field goal and free throws. That's quite a unique combination. And the elite scoring is really nice for him as well. So uh, I don't think, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be pretty safe top 40 guy without a whole lot of more upside there. So yep, DeMar DeRozan again on a tier on his own in tier four. So coming to tier, sorry, that was, yeah, tier four. So tier five now at, my fifth and sixth ranking. Finally, we've got a tier of two players. I've got Scotty Barnes and I've got Chris Middleton. Scotty Barnes is someone that took me by surprise a lot last year. I know Callum was really keen on him and, and was suggesting to take him in the last pick. I didn't think that he would do too much, but his scoring definitely surprised me. He looked really good. Rookie of the year. Don't know if he should have been that. I think maybe that was... Um, Maybe that was Evan Mobley's award to win, but I digress. Anyway, he was the, what was he? 
the 66th ranked player last year in a punt free throw build. He was the 51st ranked player in a rookie season. He's only 21 years old. I think there's a lot of upsides, a lot of talk of him running a bit more of the point guard this year, which is what he did in college. So I can definitely see those assists and steals coming up. Maybe the points continue to progress. Um, I just think he's a really good player. And I think that Toronto, again, he was averaging 35 minutes a night. So maybe the minutes don't have too much more to go, but... You know, Nick Nurse might play him 37. You never know. Um, but I think he's just a really nice player, especially in those punt threes, punt free throw percentage builds, uh, especially probably punt threes. Um, yeah, just a really nice guy. And he was he was kind of touted as like an elite defensive stat guy. We saw a little bit of it, but only 1.1, 0.7 blocks. 1.1 steals, 0.7 blocks. I think there's room for both of those to increase. He was like that... The, the comp we were, were comparing him to was Draymond Green, and, um, yeah, I think there's there's still more room to grow there. If he's playing more point guard, the assists have room to grow. And as he's just getting better and more used to the NBA, the points can definitely improve. So I do think that I'd be happy to take him in the top 50. Uh, in, in the 40s, I'm very happy to, to be taking Scotty Barnes there. Um, and then Chris Middleton. Ho-hum, Chris Middleton. You get what you get. He's he's pretty reliable. Was the 40th-ranked player last season. Um, you know, he comes into the year with that wrist injury, so I've just knocked him down a little bit, you know, closer to 50-ish, the late 40s. But again, pretty confident in what we're going to get for him. I'm not too worried about the injury long-term, but he might not be available at the start of the season. So just re- remember that. But similar to Pascal Siakam, I don't think you'd deduct too much from his ranking for that reason. But there are just a few guys, I think, moving ahead of him like your Scotty Barnes and, and some of the younger guys, Kate, who we mentioned in the other one. So just have him sort of more towards the back end of that that fifth, oh, sorry, yeah, fourth round, um, rather than at the start like he was last year. So that's where I think Chris Middleton should be going. Let's go tier number six. So tier number six, again, two players. Uh, my boy from last year, OG Ananobi, um, kind of suffered a little bit by the emergence of, of Scotty Barnes. I thought he was going to take a big leap forward. I was keen to see his points and assists go up. He did well. He was still like a top 50 guy, 52nd ranked guy in the league. He's really good across the board. So uh, in a head-to-head league, he kind of suffers from not being elite in any one category. His steals are probably his best category um, there, but he doesn't really suit a punt strategy super well. So he kind of reduces value for that reason. But in a Roto League, he's really nice. Um, I just think he's safe. I think he's going to do pretty much the same thing as what he did last year. So I've got him in a very similar spot. Um, as soon as it gets outside pick 50, I'm, I'm very happy to go for, for OG. If you need just someone across the board, really safe. You've taken a few risks early on. Uh, I think, yeah, OG is going to be someone who will do pretty much what he did last year. And then uh, Brandon Ingram, I've got him down. He's He's... A weird one because he's he's obviously a good point scorer. The assists are nice. The rebounds are okay. But he lacks the threes, lacks the steals, lacks the blocks. The percentages are nice. Um, Zion coming back probably hurts the usage. So he's someone I'm a little down on. Um, in, in On Yahoo, he's, oh, he's ranked about similar to where I have him. I could even push him down to the next group of guys. Maybe... Maybe he and OG are separate tiers. So I definitely probably, in most instances, take OG over Brandon Ingram just because I get the, the more threes and steals from OG. Yes, Ingram might score more, but it's it's probably not going to be by that much because of Zion returning. Um, he's a bigger name, so 
yeah, I could I could definitely see Ingram dropping in my rankings, but at the moment I've got him around here, mid fifties, late fifties is sort of where I think he probably should be going, just because of the value of those points. It is hard to find those good point scorers later on in the draft. Um, let's move on to tier seven. Another two players, two by two. Here they come. Uh, I've got Keldon Johnson and Mikhail Bridges. So Keldon Johnson's going to be a hot name, I think, in fantasy circles in the preseason. Uh, the Yahoo adjustment has got him up to pick 70 at rank 73. I think that's about where he should go. I wouldn't even mind going a little earlier than that. So in the 60s, I'd be happy to, to go and grab him. I think the usage is obviously going to be there. I expect him to be a 20-plus point-per-night scorer. The rebounds are okay. The threes are, are pretty decent. The assists should be around three per night, I think. Um, no steals, no blocks. I mean, he might get a steal per game. No blocks, though. Um, percentages are pretty nice. So there's, there's, like, there's good stuff to like. He, he kind of reminds me of like a Tobias Harris type player, maybe with some better threes. So he definitely has top 50 upside, in my opinion. I don't know how much I like him as a player in general. So there is maybe a little bit of downside that he can't do it on high volume with the DeJounte Murray absence, but there's not a lot of other options on the Spurs. So I do really like him in the 60s as a bit of an upside swing and um, a relatively safe upside swing just because, like we said, there's no other option on San Antonio. And then Mikael Bridges, talk about safe. He's just um, he's a really good fantasy player, especially probably more in Roto Leagues. Um, doesn't really do any one thing. Excellent. Field goal percentage is nice. But yeah, boosted by low turnovers. Um you know, decent points, decent threes, decent steals. He's just, he's just, yeah, he's just whatever. Um, he was a 55th ranked player last year. I think him doing. I think he's going to do the same kind of thing. But again, I lower him down a little bit just because of the low turnovers is like the main thing for him. So I don't really want to value him that way. At 55 last year, I kind of see him again. That mid to late 60s is sort of where I would have him. So again, if you want someone who's really safe and just going to do the same thing. Sure, go with Mikael Bridges, but I don't see a whole lot of upside with with a player like that. So uh, let's move on to tier number eight. Maybe a little bit more upside with some of these guys. I've got another two players, again, in another tier, Franz Wagner and Michael Porter Jr. So Franz Wagner is, again, maybe in a similar mold to Mikael Bridges, good at everything without being excellent at one thing. Um... It'd be nice to see him shoot some more threes, maybe increase his scoring and assists a little bit more, but the steals and blocks... I mean, he, he was okay with steals and blocks in college. I don't know if he's going to do that in the NBA. He doesn't strike me as a super... an excellent defensive stat guy, but he, he could get up to a steal and maybe up to 0.6 blocks per game, which does boost his value. He was the 101st ranked player last year, so I think going into his second year, I think it's... um. I think it's a pretty safe bet to have him as a top 80 guy. Um, I don't know how much more upside there is from that. I don't know if he can get to a top 50 just with Paolo coming in. Um, Like we said, he's not excellent in one area. Look, He looks really nice playing over in Europe at the moment. I do like his game, but again, it's kind of across-the-board contribution. So suffers a little bit from not being boosted in any particular punt build. Maybe it's a punt blocks, but yeah, it's... When a few other guys are coming up my rankings with punt field goals and free throws and blocks and threes, he just kind of stays there. So he's just, again, a nice steady guy that I think is, um, you know, 
you know, pretty safe bet to be a top 80 guy. And Michael Porter Jr., he was a bust for me last year. Uh, turned out to be even worse than I feared. Um, yeah, it was pretty painful. He was really bad last season, even before his injury. Now, how much of that was the injury? I think you'd have to say a fair bit. Um, but I think, like I was saying before last season, I was never expecting him to do what he did the previous year on high volume the next season. He's coming back. Jamal Murray is now going to be back. Um, you've got players like Bones Highland maybe taking another step forward as well. So I like him. He 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 probably is going to be a guy, instead of being mid-50s in field goal percentage, I see him as mid to high 40s. Um, he should get you maybe a couple of threes, um, decent rebounds, a steal and a block perhaps. No, Really no assists. Um, points should be sort of maybe 15 to 17 points per game. So I think he's kind of like maybe a little bit higher upside than a Franz Wagner. But again, you've got the injury risks with back-to-back, well, not back-to-back, but multiple back injuries now. So take him with a bit of a discount to that. So I think if you get him in the 70s or or 80s, I think that's the spot I would want to get him in. Any higher than that, and I think there's just a lot of downside. And without a huge amount of upside, um, at least we're not making the mistake of drafting him in the second and third round this year. But yeah, still... Still think at that sort of spot, he's okay. He's 66 on Yahoo. It's still a little high for me um, just because I think that's fine if I knew he was going to play and there wasn't the injury risk there. But with multiple back injuries, I think that I just want to, I'd want to take him at a bit more of a discount to that because I don't think his upside is top 40. I think it's maybe 50 to 60 at best. Um, and yeah, with the injuries, I'd want to, Draft him a bit later than that. All right, tier nine. We're getting now down a bit closer, basically around pick 100 now. Um, I've got Andrew... Uh, sorry. And yeah, Gordon Hayward at 13, Andrew Wiggins at 14, Tobias Harris at 15. couple of boring old guys in Tobias Harris and Gordon Hayward. Um, Andrew Wiggins, again, is not the most fantasy-friendly guy, especially for the free throw percentage. If you punt that category, he's pretty... He's okay. Um, we've got... Uh, what did we say? Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward will be better than this on a per season or per, per game rank, but you just can't trust his body. So I think per game he could be close to like 60 to 70 kind of guy. He was the 72nd ranked player last year. Miles Bridges is gone now, so he could even be better than that. But yeah, his body is just not one I can rely on. Um, so yeah, I'd be wanting to get him close to pick 100, and then you've got a bit of upside at that point. Um, so don't mind him there. Andrew Wiggins is fine in a punt free throw percentage build with if you need some points. And then Tobias Harris, again, we've talked about him in the in the um, bus show. He really got hurt with the addition of James Harden coming over to that team because yeah, after the All-Star break, he was the 110th ranked player. Um, his scoring dropped, his rebounds dropped, his assists dropped. He never really got any assists or blocks. Um, he's just, he just doesn't do anything very well in one particular area. And when you take the ball out of his hands, what does he really give you? And with James Harden and Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey all ahead of him on the offensive pecking order now, yeah, I just don't see much upside. I wouldn't be taking Harris out uh, inside the top 100 personally. I think there's just more guys with more upside that do more specific things that I reckon I'll be looking for. And regardless of my punt build, um, yeah, so pretty often Tobias Harris. Um, yeah, don't think he's someone that I'm going to be drafting in any leagues anywhere, to be honest. Um, tier number 10. One player in this tier 
it's I think it's a kind of a my guy without you know being super excited. I've got Jaden McDaniels in this tier at number sixteen on the small forward rankings. I expect to see his minutes coming up this year, moving to small forward. They've gotten rid of a lot of their depth, adding in Rudy Gobert. Um, maybe it hurts his blocks, but I think the minutes will offset that. I can see him as a triple one type player, so I could easily see him averaging maybe 13, 5, one and a half threes, a steal, a block, one and a half assists, decent percentages. So he's going to be across the board kind of okay. Without having the highest upside, I made an outrageous call on on the podcast the other day saying that if there's any one player, this is my this is my uh, Gary Trent Jr. Just um, you know, what, what do you call it in American footballs? Um, Hail Mary! This is my Hail Mary prediction that of anyone who's going to double their assist, sorry, double their steal rate. Uh, my pick is Jaden McDaniels. It's a long shot. It's not going to happen, but it, it could. 0.1% chance of happening. So I like me some Jaden McDaniels. I think he's a good player. He's still only 22. So after 110, 115, I think he's fine to take there. If he doesn't work out, it's kind of at that point where you can stream that position and move on. So I, I think there's at least a little bit of upside with Jaden McDaniels. So he's in a tier on his own. And then we get into tier 11. These are the guys I'm just not very excited about. And in some punt builds, they can have some value. So depending on what you're looking for, they can be there. 17, RJ Barrett. 18, Josh Hart. 19, Lou Dort. Dylan Brooks at 20. And Bojan Bogdanovic. So RJ Barrett for the punt free throw guys. Sure, good points. Obviously, the trade didn't happen for him to go to Utah. He'll still get good minutes, but... I'm just, there's just not much upside there. Josh Hart, if he wins out the small forward battle, but even still, I think he's going to be getting minutes in the high 20s, not in the 30s anymore. So he's a good per minute guy. If he clearly has that job and he's mid 30s in minutes, he could be higher than this. Good rebounder for his position, that's fine. Lou Dort and Dylan Brooks are good punt field goal guys, but again, upside limited. I'd probably prefer Dort than Brooks um, just because I trust his body a bit more. There's probably less going on in OKC than, than in Memphis. And then Boyan Bogdanovich, again, a good punt blocks or punt field goal guy. Um, but again, on Utah, I think he's going to be traded somewhere. And where he gets traded to, I don't think he's going to have much value. So he's probably going to be someone you drop at some time this season. But to start the season, he might have some decent value. So he's there at tier 11 for me. And then the last tier, at tier number 12, I've got Trey Murphy, 22, 23, Taylor Horton Tucker, 24, I've got Kelly Oubre Jr. And 25, I've got Nasir Little. So just some flyers here. Trey Murphy is a nice guy to take with your last pick in case he gets some more minutes. Uh, I think he's one of the only guys that benefits from Zion coming back in New Orleans. Um, he's going to be good to space the floor. He was getting some good minutes in the playoffs and the end of last season. So his fantasy game is, is okay. Threes are good. Um, rebounds are pretty decent. He might be able to get you like a steal, half a block. Uh, the points might be okay. Percentages will be all right. Um, so not super exciting, but he's just a nice young player that could see some natural progression. Taylor Horton Tucker souring on now that he's... I don't think he's going to be a starting guy in Utah, even if they do trade some of their players. Like he's he's still stuck behind a few of those guys. I don't know. He... he if it does all align for him, he could be something. But again, I'm just not that excited. Kelly Ubro Jr., again, some punt builds. He's okay. 
can score you some points, get you some threes. He used to be a guy that could get you a lot of steals. Hasn't shown that in the last couple of seasons, but it could come back. And then Nasir Littles, just an interesting one again with that battle with he and Josh, Josh Hart for the starting small forward role in uh, Portland. He was looking good before he had an injury. I think it was his shoulder that he had last year. But again, he's, he's going to be in that position battle. I don't know if he's going to lock that position down and get 30-plus minutes a night. So, And his fantasy game isn't as strong as Josh Hart, so I've got him a bit further back. But still, someone, I took him as a flyer with one of my later picks in a 14-team league draft. So outside pick 150, I was happy to grab him and just see how we go. And uh, yeah, that's, that's it for our small forward tiers, guys. Uh, let me know what you guys think. If you have any questions, drop them in the comments below. If you have any questions that want to be read out on a podcast and you want to guarantee that I answer them, um, go over to the exclusive Q&A part of the ballboysmba.com website, uh, submit your questions through there, and we'll get to those soon with those podcasts after this uh, positional tier podcast series is coming out. And uh, make sure, if you haven't already, subscribe, get your season guide, $10 for the entire season, guys. Really good value, in my opinion. Um, Check that out. Subscribe to YouTube, five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. I'll see you guys next time. Laters. Laters.